Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. Hello, everybody. There's uh, about 100,000 human diseases that have been identified in the world. Isn't that great? Anybody got any of them? 100,000. Seven deadly diseases in history. Smallpox, the Black Plague, tuberculosis, malaria, Ebola, cholera, and greed. (laughs) No, I put that in there. The top leading cause of death in the USA, heart disease. Cancer, chronic lower respiratory disease, accidents, cerebrovascular diseases, Alzheimer's disease, diabetes, influenza, and pneumonia. Anybody get close to any of those this year? (laughs) That pneumonia thing. Some medications cost an average of $140,000 a year. So that's why we have to eat healthy. And that's why we have to have healthy food because it can also reduce stress. That'd be a good thing. Good nutrition is one of the keys to a healthy life. And the secret to a long and healthy life is eat less. Actually, eating healthy can make you look and feel better, as you will notice. (laughs) But it will also and can also give you uh, a little more change in your pocket. So here's some really good news that I have for you today to talk about is that God has taken all of these 100,000 known diseases into consideration and he is the cure for any and all disease known to mankind. Would you give the Lord a praise for that? Isaiah chapter 40 verse 28 through 31 says, hast thou not known and hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. I recommend waiting on the Lord. How about you? That's good. If you get weary on that walk, you ever been around somebody that every time they stand up is, every time they sit down is, every time you see them it's, you ever been around somebody like that? Well, Wait upon the Lord, tell them. They'll run and not be weary and walk and not faint. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I want you to notice uh, a couple of things that go hand in hand in that scripture. Wounded and bruised. Go hand in hand. Wounded and bruised. Peace 
and healing. Those go hand in hand. There's a lot of things that go uh, hand in hand. I've written down a few of them. Here's one, song and dance. They go hand in hand. How about youth and inexperience? That went over good. Peanut butter and jelly. Fish and chips. Cookies and milk. Kibbles and bits. Mutt and Jeff. Snow and ice. Fire and smoke. For those of you over 20, there's Amos and Andy. Wash and dry. Chips and dip. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know how many years it took me to get in trouble, always taking the chips and taking a bite and sticking it back in a bowl. I got in more trouble for that. My brother used to love uh, Pepsi-Cola. And every time uh, you had it in an ice-cold bottle, and every time he would open up uh, Pepsi-Cola, he would spit in it before he started drinking it. He kept us out of it. Forrest Gump says peas and carrots. They go together. Ah, my wife says kiss and don't tell. Hugs and kisses, coffee and donuts, bacon and eggs, cheeseburger and fries, wash and wear, spick and span. These are all things that go hand in hand. Thick and thin, heaven and hell, devil in the deep blue sea, goose and the gander, hide and seek, hot and sweaty. <laughs> Amen to that. Apples and oranges, beans and rice, biscuits and gravy. Sticks and stones, rock and roll, rhythm and blues, country and western, and for some of you, gin and tonic. Things that go hand in hand. So, Isaiah chapter 53, as we said, says that there are a few things that go hand in hand. Wounded and bruised. And that's the one I want to talk to you about today, and also peace and healing. And we're talking about wounded and bruised, not necessarily physically, but emotionally. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, I just wrote this down in my office before I came down here, is a warning to us that says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. We're awful careful with our health. We're awful careful with taking care of ourselves. But sometimes we get a little careless about keeping watch over our heart. And uh, the problem with that is that that's really the enemy's number one target at you. And the reason it's uh, an easy target for him is because the Lord has given us the responsibility to guard our own hearts. Stop letting yourself get your feelings hurt every time you turn around. Because when you get your feelings hurt all the time, it doesn't just damage you, it damages everybody around you. Well, don't shout me down. Someone once said, sticks and stones could break my bones, but words can never harm me. And another poet wrote in inspirational poems by teens... Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words are glue that fix broken hearts and hammers that smash mended ones. Words. Anne Stone, a Ruby Redford, 
wrote it this way, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can also hurt me. Stones and sticks break only skin, but words are ghosts that haunt me. Slant and curved the word swords fall in pieces. It pierces and sticks inside me. Backs and bricks may ache through bones, but words can mortify me. Pain from words has left its scar on mind and heart that's tender. Cuts and bruises have not healed. It's words that I remember. And the word of God puts hand in hand, wounded and bruised. The thing about the Lord is that he has taken all of the issues of life on him. But he's also given us the responsibility to keep our own hearts with diligence. Get your feelings off your shoulders. Hello. California, we had a family friend out there that had the cutest, smartest little four-year-old daughter. She was just beautiful. Time I was raising my young, oldest young children at those days, and we had a lot of fun going out together and doing things together, and this couple kept putting their little four-year-old, then five-year-old, and then six-year-old daughter, kept calling her stupid. I said, would you quit that? Quit calling that kid stupid. She was so beautiful, and she was so smart, and she was so witty, and she was so quick. Oh, you're just clumsy, they would tell her. Oh, my, here's my daughter. And you know, it's another thing. Here's another thing. Walking around with a baby on your arms, and you say, well, hi, how's the baby? And the first thing mom pops off is, well, they're just shy. That really gets me. Don't do that to me. Don't tell me your baby is shy just because the baby hangs its head because if you're not careful, when that child begins to grow up to be a little bit older, that child is going to be shy because you have wounded and bruised that child. And they would call this little girl stupid, stupid, stupid. Look out, look at how stupid. Come here, stupid. I said, don't, please don't do that. I remember watching that little girl go into a shell and she just thought of herself as clumsy and stupid. We watched a little league baseball coach in Jefferson, Iowa, trying to make a pitcher out of a little eight-year-old child. Could hardly throw the ball. His daddy over there, oh, my boy's going to be a pitcher. I don't care. He's going to be a pitcher. That's all he's going to be. And he would belittle him in public, yelling at him in the mound. Come on, put it over the plate. Get it over the middle. Come on, you can do better than that. Finally, the little boy pitcher, we watched him. I sat there in the stands. Our boys was playing there against him. And his daddy was hollering at the, at the little child. And the little boy turned to him and said, I'm not having any fun out here. Well, I could see why. He was just belittling that child, belittling that child, wounding him unmercifully. I've listened at times to hear women degrading their husband time and time in public. Sometimes a woman will degrade a man in public because they're scared to death to degrade him in private. And so you got you to gotta notice when somebody's putting somebody down, it could be their chicken to fight them on the outside. Hello. But it also makes me wonder if they can put that husband down in public, how bad it must really be they're wounding and they're bruising that the man goes through. Well, you're not making enough money. 
Well, you need to put your fishing pole away and get a third or fourth job. Hello. Being wounded and crushed or a man that comes home from work and he can never show any appreciation to a woman that's carried children around all day, cooked, baked, cleaned the house, can never give them a compliment, say, boy, that looks so nice. You're doing such a wonderful job. Instead of something, oh, I sure enjoyed this burnt sandwich today. Wounded and bruised go hand in hand. We need to be very, very careful about this. I'm talking to you about one of the most important subjects that you can ever hear preached in this pulpit, and that's to guard your heart with all diligence. Stop belittling. Stop, uh, stop uh, in, insulting those that you love the most. Hello. You always hurt the one you love. Mm-hmm. You don't know this. The one. How's he do that? You shouldn't hurt at all. Is that how they get it? Give me a hand. That kid's going to college. In just a few weeks, we're going to be missing your guitar and your beautiful singing around here. That's for sure. Might have to get my guitar out. Sometimes just an ungrateful spirit, an ungrateful heart can wound somebody and can bruise somebody. You know, I just have to be real honest with you. Usually in a day, I tell my wife how beautiful she is at least 20 times. Now she says, I know it. (laughs) It's a serious issue. We need to guard how we approach people, but we also need to guard our hearts and don't be wounded every time we turn around. I knew a man in West Virginia, held revival services out there. Pastor, that was back in the 1970s. Pastor introduced me to this man, and after he left, he said, uh, let me tell you a story about that man. He says, his wife is a nag. And I said, well, doesn't the Bible say it's better to live in an attic by yourself than with a nagging woman? And uh, I said, yeah, that, that's true. But she's a nag. I said, well, how does he handle it? I said, well, every time he comes home from work, he grabs his fishing pole. He goes down over the bridge there, and he sits under the bridge, and he sleeps down there, and then he gets up in the morning, has breakfast, and goes to work. Wounded and bruised. Sometimes we hide from people that are always wounding and bruising us. We need to guard our heart. I know a man that makes jokes about his wife continually and we keep telling him that's not funny that is not funny and she just stands there and just takes it while he makes fun and 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 you know you ever heard somebody with the uh blonde jokes you know this kind of stuff Put down one of the things we gathered all of the 20 people that went to Belize uh, yesterday morning and took them to the airport. Brandon stood out here and he told them, He said, There's one thing we do not do, we don't put anybody down on this trip. Don't even joke to put anybody down because it wounds and it bruises the spirit. Proverbs chapter 18. Uh, and verse number 14 says, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit, who can bear it? Proverbs 18, 19, a brother offended is harder to be won than a strong city, and their contentions are like the bars of a castle, wounded and bruised, hurt feelings. 
Now, the bad news is this. You know, sometimes we get our feelings hurt from just the things that happen to us in life. We, we curl up. There are people sometimes that, that withdraw from society or get a, 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 a prescription drugs and, and get into a, a fetal position somewhere for three or four days because their, their feelings are hurt. They're bruised and they're hurt on the inside. And so they hide. Hello. And so the bad news is this. The emotional framework of an individual is an ongoing target for Satan to try to kill, steal, and destroy. And if we understand that if we are habitually allowing our hearts to be wounded, our feelings to be hurt, our nature to be bruised, the enemy is having his way with us. And when you leave somebody's presence, if you go out bruised and broken and and beat down and feelings hurt, the enemy has done exactly what he wants to do to you. And if he can bruise you, if he can cause you to hurt and be bruised, some people have been hurt and bruised years and years and years ago and will never let it go. Never get it under the blood. Wounded and bruised go hand in hand like peas and carrots. And the enemy uses this tactic to destroy marriages, relationships, people on the job, friendships. Sometimes people hear the truth and get offended. Are you that person that can't handle the truth? Talked to a guy one time and he said, tell me the truth, pastor, I can handle it. I said, good, then I'm going to tell you the truth. But I'm going to do it cautiously. I'm going to guard my words. And we're going to deal with the truth. But we're not going to be offended Every little thing. I want you to man examine himself and ask yourself this question. Sometimes people get that way in uh, in the church. They get offended by the sermon. They get offended by the way something happened in the service. It ticks them off. It gets on their shoulder. Hello, and it gets to be it gets to be a little burr. Says everything's good, but I don't like this. Why do you have to throw in the I don't like this? Why? Because you're really, what happened to you, your feelings got hurt. And so we need to understand that a wounded spirit and a wounded heart and hurt feelings are a target that if you are weak in, the enemy will continually hit you in that. And if you're not careful, it will cause some wonderful relations in your life to be just totally shattered and destroyed. They will be over for good. And so Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10 says, Be strong in the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If you're living with somebody that has to tippy-toe around you all the time and you get this message in your spirit, they are going to be so happy 
that you were in church this morning. And you will be so happy because I promise you this will set you free. Put on the whole armor of God. And I like the fact when Jesus took the crown of thorns, he took it in the head. That's why he didn't sit on the throne on the thorns. Excuse me, this isn't funny, but it's got to be. You got to hear this. That's why he didn't sit on the thorns, so that your thinker, your head, can have the blood applied to it, so that you can think properly. And he says, put on the whole armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles of the devil are he's going to try to get you to be wounded and bruised emotionally. But he says, put on the helmet of salvation. Change your thinking. It's a serious issue. Head healing. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The person that supposedly wounded or bruised you probably is not the one who wounded and bruised you emotionally. The one who wounded and bruised you is probably yourself. Because rather than put what you hear under the blood, you put it under the flesh. And you evaluate it. And you struggle with it. Did you hear what they said? Did I hear what I thought I heard? And he said, yeah, you heard it. It's a big deal. See, see, you hear what I'm saying? Can you put that in writing somewhere and say, probably the person who offended me and wounded me, they didn't offend me and wound me. I wounded myself by applying words in a negative fashion that could or could not have been meant that way. It doesn't matter if it's meant that way or if it wasn't meant that way. If you apply it into a bruise or a wound, it's your fault, not theirs. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. We wrestle against principalities. That's a bunch of evil powers, rulers of darkness, demons, spiritual wickedness in high places. Why does the enemy pick on you that way? Because that's the one area that God has told you to guard. There's areas of your life that he guards, but this is an area that you are responsible to guard. The good news is this, every need that we experience in life relationally, physically, don't do that, please, financially, emotionally, God has made provision to fix or to help or to heal and completely eradicate this. So take on you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand the evil day and having done all to stand, stand. So Isaiah chapter 53 says, wounded and bruised go hand in hand like peas and carrots. But the rest of the verse goes on and it says that peace and healing go hand in hand. 
And the only thing that separates wounded and bruised and peace and healing is a colon. Two little dots. Peace and healing also go hand in hand. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. But God hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. So the big question this morning is this. How did he accomplish peace and healing? And that's what I want to talk about. One songwriter said it this way. There's victory in Jesus. I heard an old story how a Savior came from glory. He gave his life from Calvary to save a wretch like me. I heard about his groaning, his precious blood atoning. I repented of my sins and won the victory. Could you be man or woman enough to say that being thin-skinned could be sin? Could we be able to say that oh victory in Jesus my savior forever he sought me he bought me with his redeeming blood he loved me ere I knew him and all my love is due him he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood when you walk out of here today and you start feeling these emotions past present future can you put them under the blood can you have victory in you Jesus when it happens are you, are, are you in a position spiritually where when things happen to you, you can apply a scripture just like that and it takes you out of this and moves you to that field? Are you like that? Huh? When you start, let's take, let's take some examples. When you start accusing somebody and the scripture says don't accuse, don't, you know, don't bring railing accusations about somebody. Don't, somebody starts talking about well, the mayor or somebody starts talking about the pastor. Somebody starts talking about the president. Are you smart enough to say what the Bible says? Receive not an accusation against an elder. Are you, when, when somebody starts, when you start reading some trash or something that's, that's garbage and garbage, are you smart enough to pick yourself up out of the flesh and move yourself into the spirit and says, don't, uh, don't, don't, don't receive an accusation against an elder? Are you smart enough to rise up and tell the devil, shut up, and then tell the person that's talking about your pastor or your mayor or your president or anybody else and say, shut up. I don't, I don't talk about people like that. So you get what I'm talking about? You know, are you smart enough to, when you use a word that starts with an F or a GD or something else and it slips out, capital S or whatever it is, and you're now down here in the mully grubs and you're talking like the world. Are you smart enough to bow your head for a minute and say, I'm sorry, Lord, I've come out from the world and be separate. I won't say that junk anymore. I quit. Please forgive me that. Are you smart enough to pick yourself out of the flesh and move yourself over into the spirit? then I want you to take that kind of action in the Lord, take it home with you, and when you start getting wounded and bruised and your feelings hurt and feeling sorry for yourself, step out of the flesh and move over into the Spirit. I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Amen? It's a serious issue. So how did God bring wounded and bruised over to peace and healing? How did he do that? Well, there's victory in Jesus. I heard about his healing. His cleansing 
His power I, made me the lame to walk and caused the blind to see. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come in and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. See, a broken spirit is not of God. It's of the enemy. And you must identify that every single time. Say, well, they, they offended me. What you just said is they're my enemy. The Bible says you're supposed to pray for those that despitefully use you and say all manner of evil against you for my name's sake. So, for so the persecuted, the prophets were to before him. Rejoice and be exceeding glad instead of feeling sorry for yourself and pitiful all the time. Oh, that's good preaching. Thank you. Which brings me to my message for today. Listen, if you will do this, this will liberate your home. It will liberate your life. It will get your ulcers settled down. It will make your heart pressure go down. It will bring you back. Hello, something we need to look at. So it brings me to my sermon for today, which is in Mark chapter 14 and verse 41. Brandon, when you hear this, bless me because I'm going to preach what you told me to preach. Mark 14, 41. This is how he made wounded and bruised flip over to peace and healing. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Brandon preached about this last week. He talked about that. Sleeping Christians while Jesus is in there praying three times he came back and the guys are asleep again, and he's in the garden praying, Lord, if it would be all possible, let this cup pass from me. And this picks up in verse number 41. And he comes the third time back to the disciples who were laying their head on the rock sleeping. And he said unto them, sleep on. Take your rest. It's enough. The hour is come. Behold, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise up. Let's go. Lo, he that betrayeth me is at hand. And immediately while he spake comes Judas, one of the twelve, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. And he that betrayeth him had given them a token, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same is he. Take him and lead him away safely. And as soon as he was come, he goes straightway to him and said, Master, Master, and kissed the Lord. And they laid their hands on Jesus and took him. And one of them that stood by drew a sword and smote a servants of the high priest and cut off his ear. And Jesus said unto them, that, uh, get this, give me a little help back there, Ryan. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and with staves to take me? Boom, shalaka. I was daily with you in the temple teaching, and you took me not. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Remember that line. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. And that's how he made all this happen. He went to the cross to turn wounded and bruised into peace and healing. Now, the emotional and physical healing 
did not come to us through Jesus Christ, the Creator. Emotional healing did not come to us just through Jesus Christ, the Creator. Emotional healing comes to us through Jesus Christ, the Savior. That's how valuable emotional healing is to us. That's how valuable hurt feelings can be turned into peace and happiness and joy and the fruits of the Spirit. Jesus didn't just create this emotional stability. He bought it. There's a difference. He could have just created our minds to never be offended, never be hurt, never be bruised, never be wounded. But he didn't do that. He took a greater step, a bigger step than being the creator. He took the step to be the savior. And he shed his blood that all the scriptures might be fulfilled so that you can have peace and healing. It's yours in the atonement. It's yours for the asking. It's yours for the receiving. Practice it. Practice it. And when you practice it, I'm going to tell you something. First of all, I remember years ago, Basic Youth Conflicts, Bill Gothard, taught in Oakland, California in 1970, I think it was. Long in there. And he taught basic youth conflicts and he talked about being offended and he talked about if you have your gift to bring to the altar and you have something to give to God and you know that somebody has ought against you or you have ought against somebody else, leave your gift at the altar, go to them and make it right, get it out of your heart, get it out of your spirit, ask for forgiveness and hug and whatever you can do and you come back to the altar and then give your gifts to the Lord. See, it's not enough to just sit in the church week after week, month after month, being ticked off, being angered, being wounded, being bitter and all these things. The Bible says, if I told you once, I've told you before, those that do these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You can't sit there and act like the devil and expect to get all the blessings of the Lord. Can you say amen to that? And so how many times have I sat in a sanctuary somewhere thinking I was free, thinking I was worshiping, thinking I was blessing God, thinking that my tithes and offerings would be accepted by the King of Kings, but on the inside I was wounded and bruised because somebody offended me. Bill Gothard says, go to that person and make it right. And then you come back. And he says, before you do that, you need to confess that as a sin. Hurt feelings and skin thin is really a sin. You need to confess it as a sin. And if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of that sin and to cleanse us from that unrighteous thing. And then he says, when you confess your sin, it will be removed from you as far as the east is from the west. Got it right. It will be removed. And so I, before the Lord, I come back across the floating bridge in Oakland, California, weeping, 
So, Lord, I'm sorry that I've, that I've been so selfish. I'm sorry that I've been so thin-skinned. I'm sorry that I let somebody, everybody offend me. I'm just so sorry about that. Forgive me of my sins. And all of a sudden, he cleansed me from that. And my thin skin disappeared. And people say things to me like today, well, doesn't that offend you? I says, no. Doesn't that hurt your feelings? No. It can't. It's impossible. Why? Because I've confessed that sin. God forgave me of it, and he's removing it from me as far as the east is from the west. That means it's still going, going, going. Thank God I don't have thin skin anymore. Okay? And so if we're wise enough to confess it as sin, he will set you free from this stuff. And you'll be surprised when you understand as a child of God how much easier it's going to be to join in that potter kid worshiping when you don't have your shoulders offended, bruised, and wounded that you thought somebody did when in fact you let it happen to yourself. Yeah. Songwriter put this way. He paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to take my sin away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid the debt I could never pay. He paid the price. So we don't have to continue paying it 24-7. Wounded and bruised, peas and carrots. Healed and peace, kiss and tell. Luke 4, 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. He began his ministry. Maybe 30 years old, maybe 29 and a half, I don't know. Come out of the carpenter's shop, went into the synagogue, picked up the book, and he began to read, and he said, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor and to send me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captive and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he put the book down and he said, that's what I came here to do. Thank you, Judas, for that kiss. It had to be so that the scriptures can be fulfilled. Being a child of God is not just a fairy tale. It's an anointing that will change your life forever. Well, I'd like for you to bow your heads for a moment. I want to ask yourself this question. Wow, did I not expect this this morning? I thought this was a way of life I was with and stuck with forever. How in the world did this happen? That I come into a church like this this morning and listen to a message like this and discover, yeah, I need to be changed I, I want my life to be a 
example of the believer in word, in conversation, in charity, and in deed. I don't want to walk around like that anymore. The enemy's had me long enough. I give it away. I give it to Jesus. I confess it as sin, and I accept a new heart, and I accept a new style. I accept a new spirit, yeah? Walled city, that's me. I was harder to win than a walled city. I've been thin-skinned. I've got, I've got barriers. I've got walls up. I'm, I, I, I can turn people away. I can shut them out in a heartbeat, but I'm not going to be that way anymore. I'm going to be soft. I'm going to be pliable. I'm going to be full of the Spirit. I'm going to be oozing with the anointing, and I'm going to be a light that's set on a hill that people can see Jesus is alive in me. I'm going to be different from this moment forth in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, today I pray for this congregation. Father, I lift them up. I lift them up into a realm like I've never had before. I lift them up into an area of freedom. For you have said, he who the Son sets free shall be free indeed. And today, Lord, we put down the thin skin and the hurt and the bruised, and, and, and we just lift up peace and healing. And, Lord, we just feel the, the spirit of the Prince of Peace, a peace that passeth all understanding, that's able to keep and guard my heart, that causes me to wake up in the morning and hear the birds sing and listen to the breeze and watch the water flow over the bridges, over the, over the hills. And, Lord, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would heal every heart. I pray that you would open up our lives to others, Lord, that we might glorify you. And I just pray, Father, that this spirit of depression would leave and a spirit of oppression would be gone. It will be gone forever, Lord. I just bring freedom into this house today that every man, woman, boy, and girl under the sound of my voice today will be set free indeed by your spirit, Jesus. And we thank you for your word that all the scriptures can be fulfilled, peace and healing belong to your children. It's the children's bread in Jesus' name.